It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Another edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Um, we're both in self-isolation in different cities across the world. I am boxed in in New York, the epicenter of the COVID-19 of the US, uh, which is very scary. And Alex, um, you are in lockdown in London now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was announced yesterday. Um, it's It's still sort of sinking in and a bit surreal. I mean, we've been... I'm sort of observing the guidelines anyway for the last few weeks, so we we haven't been going out much anyway. But now it's sort of you know the firmer measures are in place. It's um it's it, yeah it's kind of surreal, and I, I guess we'll have to see how it pans out over the next couple of weeks. Were you Scary at times. Columbia Road Flower Market at the weekend? Was that you? That that was, I had an I didn't have an urgent need to go and buy flowers. Um, it's uh, it's a difficult one. I I, know, I have some friends actually who live around there, but I think it's partly uh, I understand the the sort of the anger and frustration of people who were there, but the government's advice until that point was still you can go out and sort of do stuff, just keep your distance from people, and I think there's this sort of challenge you have when you go, you know, I, I went to the supermarket to do my, my pre, uh, prescribed daily shot today. And it's really, really difficult to keep two meters from people in the supermarket, especially if they're not observing the the sort of rules. So I, I, I do have some sympathy for people who might've ended up in that situation, but you, I mean, you could see that it, there was only going to be one direction of travel, um, after the weekend and there was so many examples of, of social distancing not being observed that the, the sort of lock, the lockdown I think was inevitable. Uh, and also the, the other side of that Columbia uh, Road flower market argument is those poor tradespeople who put the, put the orders in for the flowers and you know you, like their, their view was got, got to sell them yeah, keep myself afloat so you can see um, you can see that angle but 
also yeah i, I think the from in the, in the uk especially there's there's an element of, of a bit of a lag i think between you know the, the public health response in terms of keeping distance and then the economic response and how we can support you know business businesses small businesses self-employed people and i think not you know i'm not usually one to give the conservatives the benefit of the doubt but i just think things are moving so quickly and you're basically coming up with three three budgets in a week to respond to these one you know never before seen circumstances there is going to be some delay in some of those things um if i'm if i'm being fair bailing um, out the people though you bailing out the people boris johnson bailing out the people never <laughs> never saw it coming but like good for them good for them yeah and what, what's it like um what's it like over there how's 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 the donald doing um donald has been on fox Doesn't news look good. he's yeah he's, he's he's been on a fox news virtual town hall today and mm. he's now talking up the idea of opening everybody back up to go into work uh, by Easter uh, because uh, people die in car crashes and people die of the flu all the time. So slightly alarming, but um, New, New York is where the real crisis is at. I think, mm. um, I think we've, no, no place in America has had more confirmed cases than New York, and um, it's, uh, it's scary out there. Even the supermarkets, I mean, I, like mm. I, I say, is I, I've only been going to one, but nobody was in the supermarket uh, yesterday morning at 9 a.m., So the, and there was toilet roll in there. So, so, oh, so well, I bought up 25 right. packs. Oh, you, see, uh, you didn't do your. Oh, you didn't go over your allocation, did you? No, no, I didn't. I bought one. I, I bought a box of tissues because I accidentally ordered too many toilet rolls um, four months ago. It was it was a really embarrassing blunder, and I, I bought it was, I bought basically a pallet, and it was. So we were all laughing and joking. But guess who's not laughing and joking about my mistake now? My girlfriend. Yeah, She's man. so yeah. happy. She's so happy. Foresight. Sleeping in the cupboard with um, with those valuable <laughs> toilet rolls. They're basically cigarettes in prison. <laughs> out there yeah you can you can sell them on the street yeah but I'm, I'm out here exchanging them for sirloin steak in the building so <laughs> it's uh it's good news i've got i've got my, my my version of crypto uh okay so so we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna try and touch on the virus as little as possible today but it is very difficult to pull together a topic list without uh, jumping on it so why don't we do all of the COVID-19 stuff early. Um, I think the first place to land is we've got to give uh, Vinay uh, a big thumbs up because the response from Arsenal after we asked the question last week, the response around casual workers has been exceptional, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we said um, it's interesting. The, I'm, I'm one of the, the interesting uh, things about about moments like this is is how people and, and organisations respond, and I think um, we've seen the best of it in, with some groups and individuals, and and, and uh, some responses which have been not so, not so good. Um, but but I think you're you're basically for not as a business or an organisation that that is worth a lot of money, even if you you might not have a lot of sort of liquid assets or money in the bank you cut inaction isn't an option you have you are required to do something and I, I think there is only the choice of doing something something good that will get get favorable headlines 
um, but might cost you some money or doing something that will may save you money in the short term but will be have a longer term impact on your reputation I, I'm really glad the club chose the former um, it's definitely the right thing to do um, and it's all part of that you know sort of st- stepping up um, to, to support people who, who really are the you know the lifeblood of the club and I think another sort of positive from um, from from things like this is you, it, it it helps you realise actually how how important people like that are and it, it's it's right that the club is doing doing something for them. Yeah, I think the, the I think that businesses are acutely aware that um, how they behave during this crisis will be remembered by consumers after. Well, at least I hope. Mm. Um, people are going to remember afterwards, so they're all um, they're all treading very carefully. But I think Arsenal have gone above and beyond. They're paying furloughed or not furloughed. Uh, they're paying casual workers up until um, I think it's the thirtieth of April, and then the Premier League will decide whether they're going to restart the league. Then, which I think is looking incredibly unlikely, and the club will reconsider. And I, I think the I think that it will go a long way with the fans to support casual workers. But Arsenal absolutely do not have to you know um support those people they're casual workers um for for, for a reason it's it's a it's a casual approach so the fact that they're going above and beyond there is great and i hope that um they continue to do that but they've also done a bunch of other things they're donating 100k to local charities 50k has been direct redirected to islington's giving crisis fund they're donating their club cars to nhs staff um they're volunteering staff um there's just a whole list it's on uh, arsenal's twitter page at the moment but it's great to see that at times like this arsenal go from being a business to being uh, you know uh, an intrinsic part of of the local community so mm. well played vni um and uh, you know long may long may that support continue so uh, another another big uh, back and forth debate, I think on the last podcast, we talked about Karen Brady suggesting that uh, we kill the Premier League right now and just donate everybody uh, last year's position, which would work favorably for West Ham. Uh, the FA have come out against that idea. And re- remarkably, most of the Premier League uh, folk have, have come to that conclusion that we do have to finish out the season Um the the latest is that the Premier League season will start again by June the first, but they're not going to put a date down yet, just in case things you know miraculously clear. What do you think about um, playing Premier League games behind closed doors uh, when we're in a in, in a time of social distancing? I think, uh, I mean, I, I I think it's hard to put a, a timeline on when you know things may start up again I, I really am pleased that there is an ambition to do it I think it's it's positive because it would, it would feel a shame to have got this far through the season and, and not finish it off I think to be honest there's a the thing I keep talking about with 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 friends and and others is there's going to be a new normal after this I think once the the initial sort of um the next couple of weeks are going to be very tough and, and there's going to be a lot, lots of unknowns and things taking place. But I think it's sort of two months uh, to the next sort of six months to a year after that, there's going to be a new normal in terms of how we interact, how we come together to do activities. And I think that will touch on everything, including the Premier League. So I, I would fully expect um, if, if it's needed for the rest of the game to go ahead uh, behind closed doors with no fans. I mean, we've already seen a couple of games like that. I don't 
I can't imagine many people will be up in arms about that. I think everyone understands the necessity to do it. And I think if we wait, if we fast forward two months time, two, two and a half, three months of no football, I think we will take whatever we can get. So if it is a game without a crowd and, you know, the atmosphere might be slightly different and then, then so be it. I, I for one would well welcome that over having nothing at all. And I think actually one of the nice side effects of those games, we saw some of those Champions League games. Is it was it Harlan's goal when he when he banged it in off the off the post? You, hit, you really hear the sound of the ball hitting the net, which is quite nice. Um, and so the player you, and you the know, player banter as well. You can hear them calling each other. Oh names. yeah, chirping away exactly. So I, you know, I think it's it's not great, but I I I know I personally would 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 love for it to you know any football at the moment. I'd 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 watch nearly anything. Um, so whatever whatever it takes really it's interesting that you made the point that you think that this is going to change uh, ongoing behavior because even when there's the all clear there's still the the possibility of breakouts so are you suggesting that you think that people aren't going to be that keen to get straight back into a stadium full of people they don't know do you think that, i mean do you think that, that like football is going to be affected in that way i think you know i'm i'm not a futurologist at all, but you know, you could just think about things like, um, I think people will be, there's, there's the immediate response to the crisis and there's been various predictions around, okay, there's this, this lockdown period could take a couple of weeks or months, but there's a longer term impact after that of maybe two years that, that will alter our behavior. And, and maybe that will be about how people you know come together and whether big big groups still come together i am not for one second saying that's going to happen or predicting that it's just my my sort of speculation um but i think there's other behaviors i i, I even wonder if we'll still shake hands the way you know people we used to or whether that's something that's become a bit outdated because you know the, if one thing we've learned from this is that that's the seems to be the primary way that the diseases can spread so i wonder if we'll sort of move to a a different system of greet of greeting people but i you know I, this is just my my wild um wild speculation i mean do you have you thought about anything like that do you think that's that's sort of possible oh, i don't know i i think the british the british people always move on pretty quickly i mean you've you've you know we, we were both um working in london uh, you know when we've gone through like various uh terror attacks mm. or you know like I, I live in borough when i'm in london and we've had there were two 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 stabbing attacks um at borough like in or around borough market um in the last five years like two days later everybody's back buying those delicious cheese toasty sandwiches for 14 pounds so like part of me thinks that yeah maybe like maybe certain types of people won't want to go out but the other part of me thinks that people are just going to be so desperate to get out and have a pint and be with their friends and and do communal things that actually the the shift in behavior will be that people lose their lose their minds um, when the Mm. all clear comes um so you know it it will be interesting because actually you think about it like most british people have been watching what's been going on in northern italy and it hasn't phased them at all. You know, they had to they had to get a smacked wrist by the prime minister to um, mm. to stay in. So, 
Um, I, I, I think that we'll recover quickly. I think the the, the human race um, always moves on, and um, and like hopefully uh, things aren't affected too badly. But the, the handshake thing is an interesting one because what I've definitely learned from this whole scenario is um, people don't wash their hands a lot, and people are pretty grubby. So. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I went to the um, what was the last the last get was it West Ham at home last Arsenal yeah. game. And, you know, not to cast aspersions against football fans or Arsenal fans in particular, but there was a lot more hand-washing at that game uh, than you usually see in the, in the gents' toilets. Um, so if that's, you know, if that's uh, one, one positive out of it, you know, there you go. But, I, like, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so difficult. I think, you know, it, yeah, people are resilient and I think people will... You know, everyone's already talking about, you know, hopefully once this passes, you know, it's going to be amazing to go back out and, and see friends and go to the pub and all that stuff. I don't think it's anything as drastic as, as not doing that. I just think that it might be that the way we interact changes slightly. You're right. Maybe maybe nothing happens. But, um, I yeah, I, I guess for the purposes of this, I could basically I could see the Premier League going ahead without without crowns if it's needed I, I mean would you would you mind that i would i wouldn't mind no it wouldn't really bother me uh, the, the only thing that um i mean it doesn't really concern me but I, I know that one of the reasons that italian football um lost its spark um from being the dominant um the dominant league in in the 90s was because fans stopped showing up and people people that watch tv don't like to watch empty stadiums yeah. so but you, oh, you know like it's it's a completely different situation right now mm. um but i i yeah i, I think it would be um i think it would be a, a bit of time before they get back on track but if, if we had to play the rest of the year behind closed doors just just give me some sport that's all i want <laughs> yeah. just just yeah. give me some sport i will i will watch anything i've i've been watching esports on really? Twitch, yeah, I've been watching wow. esports on Twitch. I made friends with a uh, with a YouTuber, um, the FIFA analyst. Um, oh, cool! You know, uh, not not sure we're best friends yet, but we're not far off. He's been he sent me some uh, sent me some videos on how to play FIFA. I think oh, yeah, I saw you you picked it up. How, how are you getting on? It's, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult. It's fifteen years that I haven't really played it for. And when we were at university, we play we we were playing. Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah, God. Oh, they, well, they're quite similar, aren't they? And, uh, well, I think, well, I, I haven't been in university like, for 14 years. Is so. Circle for Cross or then Square for Shoot? Or I've got a Nintendo Switch. I've got a Nintendo oh, okay. Switch. Anyway, you know, you know that they have universities where these gamers go to become professionals. You know that? No, I didn't know that. They, they, you can take university courses in gaming where it, you you actually play, which is a, a mind blower. Um, but are I, you, I think you're gonna. I, I, I am def, I am definitely not going to be um, a, a, a future a future professional gamer. But they do it. But esports are definitely picking up because people just need sport. And if I have to watch it and imagine that it's real, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Right, so um, moving moving on to the next uh, topic, uh, transfers. So there's been a, a lot of speculation about transfers, um, who stays, who goes. Um, the f- f- first point before we get into the nitty gritty about individual players, there's been a lot of speculation that the the transfer world is going to crumble 
and that the days of super expensive signings might be behind us because clubs have taken a big hit from this disease. Um, they might assess their behavior and whether uh, almost living TV pay deal to PV- TV pay deal is not a sensible business model as the, you know, with the idea that perhaps these pandemics come around a little bit more often than once a hundred years. Um, do you think clubs are going to buckle up? I mean, the Swiss Rambles just done a really interesting thread um, about how clubs could be affected. Uh, I think it's not it's not going to be the Premier League clubs that take the biggest hit. It's going to be the clubs in the lower leagues who can't afford to pay their bills. With you know some some in League One have got you know six million pounds as their revenue for the year. So um, do you do you think that? clubs are going to behave this next transfer window do you think we're going to see uh less less audacious transfer bids i wonder if that was on the cards anyway and there was a, a bit of a retrenchment was needed um after some of the you know obviously neymar's the the fee was the the, the big one and you've seen it with uh, with with Chelsea and and some of the other big spending clubs have have, have reduced it in recent times because I I think you know even with a uh, one of the richest people in the world running a club you could you can only sustain uh, such a high level of investment for for so long uh, before you need to re- retrench slightly uh, I I mean from it, it feels like everything is going to uh, be slightly more straightened um, after this, just because of the, there's everything is going to be impacted financially. So I could I could see that happening. I mean, I don't from a purely selfish point of view, I don't think it affects Arsenal that much. We're probably, maybe we're playing with two million pounds rather than six million pounds. Um, so uh, you know, it, it that's. If if it's happening to everyone at the same time, then at least it's sort of a level playing field, and maybe it's it sort of deflates some of the player values that we've seen lately that have been you know probably a bit excessive. Um, but I guess I guess on the good side, it just means Arsenal will have to be smarter in the transfer window. I think one one thing I saw that um, did depress me slightly. I've got to try and remember. Um, I don't know, maybe you sent it to me, it was about Edu and uh, he's basically been working, you know, works hand in glove with Raul and the contact-based approach that um, is basically the way that Arsenal are conducting their transfers now, which just depressed me so much more than sort of any anything else at the moment. Because I, oh no, was it, isn't it the Stats DNA bloke, isn't he leaving? I, yes, yes. Stats, that. Stats DNA guy is going. Uh, like one of them's one of them's gone to FIFA, right? To work yeah. with Arsene Wenger. Yeah, which is kind of ironic, right? Because Arsene Wenger didn't work with him when he was at Arsenal. Yeah, Arsene Wenger likes the idea of data. I think <laughs> more than actually enacting it. Yeah, but I, th- I think that the news that we're going, we're pursuing a a contact based approach to transfers I think is the, perhaps the most depressing piece of Arsenal related news out of, uh, from the last couple of weeks because um, we I mean we especially can't afford it at the moment but it just speaks of I think you said it before it means you're you're not being smart you're not thinking strategically you're just r- relying on relationships and that means you you know you, I, I can't think of a club where a purely contact based approach 
has been successful. No, um, and it's it, like there should uh, it's there's a le- there's a level of corruption associated with contacts based, and I don't. And this is I'm not accusing anybody of doing anything illegal, um, but like a, a corruption of. Um, of doing things the right way you know like that if Mm. if if you made a decision based on an agent who is getting a fee from you then there's there's a lack there's a lack of transparency there like who who's 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 really benefiting here like everything should be everything should be in the name of making arsenal a better football club not enriching people and it's becoming uh, increasingly apparent that Edu is in lockstep with Raul and it's not going to be a, a data first approach. And, you know, like we can just jump right ahead into like, you know, I, w- I was told that Willian is 90% certain to join Arsenal in the summer. Mm. G- great player, but like surely he's not in the profile that we're looking for at the moment. This feels like another Peter Cech or another David Luiz. Great players, what? but th- are they pushing point? us forward? Is he well? I mean, so he's a he's a player I always loved. And I remember when we played when we played Chelsea this season. I think it was the first or the second game. I can't remember, but it was basically him and Kante were the only impressive players on their team. Um, everyone else was a bit of a dud. So he's he's a class player. Yeah, I wonder how old he is 31. now. He's he's thirty one. He'll be a guy like yeah. And also, what position does he play? Is he he's left wing, isn't he? So he's he's he, well, he can play left, but he mainly plays out on the right for Chelsea. And he's, yeah, and he'll be he'll be thirty two by the time we start next season. Oh yeah, that doesn't feel it. Doesn't feel good. I mean, he's an exciting player, but yeah, doesn't feel like the right time. But it's um it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I as as much as. I do like David Luiz. I think he's um I think he's really shown a lot of value um since Arteta took over. But at the profile of players that we should be bringing in should be young. They should be you know 20 to 24 years old maximum. They should have a, a high a high ceiling to be able to sell them on. I just a don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean what are we going to spend on um what are we going to spend on him? It d- depends what Kia wants, right? If 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 we have to spend 180 grand a week, like how how many top young talents would 180 grand a week get at Dortmund? You know, mm. four or five like players. You know, if you buy four or five young players that are prospects, and three of them make it, and one of them's a superstar, then you can start feeding. You know, the, the, the get the Coutinho effect going. I just, mm. I just don't understand why Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke are watching what Edu and Raul are doing uh, uh, and praising it. Suarez, like mad signing, in my opinion. Uh, mm. Pablo Mari, I mean, uh, it could could be an interesting signing. Um, but then on the flip side of things, you do have um, Edu brought in Gabriel, right? Yeah. So there's obviously some good scouting going on. Well, yeah, and it's it's part maybe it's part of the the horse trading, and then the like, I mean, like you said, when um, you know when Raúl first came in with Sven, I think having a guy with contacts as part of a broader strategy that also involves being smart and using data actually makes sense if it's the last bit to unlock the door to get you know if if you've got a hot prospect like Martinelli with lots of big clubs looking at him. 
you know, and you've used your data to identify him, but then it's the contacts guy who who can get it over the line. And that, that absolutely makes sense. I think most people would buy into that. I think the problem people have is if it is just purely based on contacts um, and there isn't the data side to, to balance it out. So, I mean, if the stats DNA head is, is off as well, that is, is quite worrying. Yeah, and, it, you know, Raul is the guy who floated... Nuno as a prospective manager mm. of, of Arsenal and and a lot of people say you know contacts football works at Wolves and I'm like contacts football and spending an absolute shit ton of money works mm. at Wolves and they're only you know I think they're, they're two points ahead of us yeah. in, uh, in the league or, or you know five but we've got a game in hand so I'm not overly impressed with the job. You know, Nuno has done a, a solid job, but the idea that like that's uh, that's the model that we should be looking to um, doesn't rub with me. And it's mm. like if 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 we're going to keep on giving Kia all of these freebies, where we're we're, we're giving his older players uh, deals to come and play at Arsenal, where's the where's the 21 year old? Where's the 22-year-old that's going to blow it up? Where's the Felix Zhao of um, Atleti? You know, where, yeah. where, where's that? Where's that player? Is it feels like it's all one-way traffic with these super agents that we're not really picking off anybody that you'd be like, oh wow, thank God for Kia um, there. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about. I guess David Luiz. What was the? What did we get in return? But I guess actually we were desperate for an experienced centre back, and we managed to get one quite in in place quite quickly um but you you just have to hope you know the suarez deal and if william does come then there's there's something else in in return for that some hot prospects um coming down the line but yeah it doesn't it it's more the it's the the fact we can, we're not in a position where we can afford to to hold on to players like that who have high wages and no retail value um, but that doesn't seem to be. You would think with, uh, you know, owners who who understand, if anything, they understand the financials. If if they don't understand the football, would would see that. But um, yeah, so a bit worrying. So in um, in other news in transfer world, uh, Obama Yang, you can't work out whether it's clickbait or not, but it is looking increasingly likely that. Firstly, his deal is going to be less than a year by the time we get to the next transfer window, and it is looking more and more likely that he's going to move. Um, I don't want to ask you what do you feel about that. I, th- I think maybe the question is where would where would sting the least out of the clubs that are being linked? So we've got Madrid, Barcelona, mm. United, Liverpool, China. <laughs> And who was the last one? China. China. The China SC. Um, yeah. I mean, any other English club is going to sting a lot. United would, it would be sort of Van Persie-esque levels of making me want to uh, throw up. Uh, Liverpool, I, I, I can't see how he, where he would fit in at Liverpool. I don't, I don't think, I don't know which he's a left-sided forward, if anything. So he's not going to replace Mane, who's arguably the best of those three, and he doesn't do the same role as Firmino. He's not a, a technical number nine, so I don't really know why they would spend the money on him or where where he would fit in. I could definitely see a, a sort of Chelsea United kind of move. I think if you look beyond that on the continent, I. Should, <laughs> 
everything about me wants to love Barcelona. Um, you know, just because their history and the style of football, but I, I can't forgive them those those Champions League games and that Van Persie red card and tapping at Fabregas. I I loathe Barcelona, and I would much rather he went to Madrid, who have at least you know sold us players in the past and and, and been uh, sort of much more reasonable to deal with. Um, so I, I think Madrid. I think people would understand it's a it's a big a bigger much bigger club than us these days. Um, and if we could get something out of it in return, I, I think that would be fine. I, I still have this, maybe it's naive, and look, he is our best player by some distance, and losing him would be horrendous. But I still think back to 2007 when Henri was you know, his last season with us, and he became so dominant in, in the team that it was almost like the, the rest of the team was scared of him and everything, every time we attack, they would be looking for him to give him the ball. They'd be nervous about not passing to him or making a mistake in front of him. And he became, it sort of went to his head a bit, sort of understandably. Um, but we weren't that effective going forward. And it was the season afterwards when he'd gone, when suddenly all these players like uh, Fabregas and Adebayor and, and Kleb and Rzitski, all Kleb, all, all sort of came into their own a bit because they weren't constantly looking for Henri to, to do everything. And I wonder, <laughs> this is totally naive and optimistic, if, if, something like that might happen with Aubameyang and you might see players like Lacazette and Ozil step up a bit rather than relying on him to bail them out. That That, that is my one straw that I am, I'm clutching to through this. Yeah, I think that my take on it is less about the club that he goes to and more about the fee. I mm. think that we are quite a long way behind a lot of other clubs at the moment from a squad perspective. We've got I think five players that are going to go into the last year of their deal um, th- this season that, that will need to potentially move on. There are a bunch of players the season after. I think that Arsenal have just got to work out who's got the money, who's willing to spend 70 million on a player who's got a year left on his deal and then just take the hit, uh, you know, and be like, well, he's only going to be around for another two or three seasons. We're not winning the league anytime soon, but if we can get 70 million in and we can reinvest that in two top quality players, then mm. we're in a better place. So I'm going to take the curveball option there. And you know, like if he goes to Liverpool, I think that he would, um, I think that he's, he would be going there to pick up some of the slack that Firmino's leaving from a goals perspective. And if you're, if you're chasing a game in the second half and you bring Aubameyang on with 20 minutes to go, like there's no, there's no deadlier sharpshooter in the game to, to put mm. you over the edge. So I think that he gives them um, like world-class depth. Um, and I, I, but I also, would he, would he move to be a sub, a super sub? I don't know. I mean, if would you, it's kind of at this stage of his career, I don't even know whether he would necessarily be a sub. I think he's proved that he can play in a high press system. He's played with Klopp before and there's probably quite a high chance that you're going to win a Premier League and maybe a Champions League. And I think that... Um, yeah. So I, think, I, I just think he um, he's a guy who feels like he hasn't had his elite club move yet, as in the, the Barca, Real Madrid, yeah, Bayern. but Liverpool are an elite yeah. club, you know that that's an elite club. Yeah, right? yeah, but I don't, I don't know if you know he's done England, he's done Germany, and maybe it's you know PSG or or Barcelona or Real. That's it, true. That would yeah feel like this sort of 
the the nice sort of ending to the or, or twilight of the career bit and you know he could he would have more time and space there he would you know he it, it's it's a less fast pets game so he might be able to get an extra season out there as well yeah that's a, that's a good point and the from the martinelli spoke about uh he, he's the first time that he met obamian and he said he, he obamian speaks spanish so oh, okay all right, so the, the the move to Spain, uh, it's on. Yeah, it's it's on, and also like, wouldn't if you had the choice of Liverpool or Barcelona? I know, I know Barcelona are, are, are in a bit of a patch at the moment, but like the opportunity to play with uh, Lionel Messi for potentially mm. one season to play in that that unbelievable stadium with all that history, and to be in the warm weather, and you know the city yeah. of Barcelona is quite spectacular as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Elite food, you're not getting that in Liverpool. I will have it. Uh, I I do have to say, this is not me pandering. I absolutely love Liverpool, like as a city. But you are a big Be- you're a big Beatles fan, though, right? I am a big Beatles fan. So I mean, if I you know if and when I become an elite level footballer and I have the choice, don't assume that I would pick Barcelona over Liverpool. But is Maybe Liverpool, Aubameyang is, will. But is Liverpool good for uh, good, for, good for the food? Do you like it? Oh, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, it's fish and chips, the same right? As, well, it's the same, <laughs> probably the same as the rest of England. Maybe, yeah. They've got, they've got stuff. They've got food. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just, I, I just wouldn't fancy that. I just wouldn't fancy that. But hey, if someone offers you two hundred and fifty grand a week, you take what you can get, right? Yeah, exactly, man. So on to the. So we've already spoken about William and what that says about Arsenal. Miserable. Uh, but you know, at least he's a at least he's a good player. He's still got pace. Still, still looks fit. Still looks young. Still looks young. Yeah. Uh, even though he's not. The next one is the Arsenal are very skint at the moment, so we're going to have to sell some players this summer. And what did you make of David Luiz um, getting a new deal? How do you feel about that? Um. He, oh, that's a tough one. I mean, he's arguably been one of our best players under Arteta. And you could argue that his form justified it. He's a he is almost uh, you know first name on the the team sheet uh, along with Aubameyang. So I I can see that. I and I don't I think if you discount the time he played under Emery, I think he he hasn't looked he hasn't been exposed that much in terms of his pace or anything like that. So I can see why I, I can see it as a move you know and and perhaps if he is he he's uh right-sided so if Saliba's coming in who I think is left-sided potentially then he's a nice he's a good guy to have with the experience um to work alongside him next next year um I think it'd be good so I'm, I'm not sort of up in arms about it I, I, I can see why that makes sense and what, what about you <sighs> I I went from being very disappointed that we signed him and now I'm thanking Kia because I I think he's been brilliant um, for the club. I love the way he talks. He's charismatic. I think that one of the big problems that we had last time we had a great batch of kids coming through the ranks is that Wenger had to sell all of our senior players. So Sesk, Nasri, Jack Wilshire didn't have uh, those senior heads to help elevate their game. And I think that keeping a player who's had such an incredible career like David Luiz around the club is a smart move. I think that 
He's, he must have so many great stories. He looks like he's the banter king, seeing pinching noses of players on the bus. Um, I love the way that he mentors players, and I love how into the Arteta project he is. And I, like part of me thinks that, that he's he's going to be a coach. Like he, he obviously wants that, and I think that he's probably seen how quickly Mikel has like elevated through the game and he's got a much bigger uh, brand name than, than Arteta ever had. So I think that having, having that sort of mentality around the ground, like he's a, one of the biggest shit houses in premier league history. Like why wouldn't you want that around the club? So um, I wasn't game Vim when he first signed, but like give him another year, you know, like I think that he's been, I think he's been brilliant over the last few months. And if he can help someone like Saliba come through in the same way that someone like Tony Adams help develop Sol Campbell, then I think mm. you've got a nice sort of passing of the baton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sold on him. Yeah, man. So it's, who, who would you, who would you ditch in the summer? I, I think that they're going to, I think that Mate, Mateo Guendouzi is, is probably going to be shipped out. Really? I don't, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that, I, I, people haven't heard the, the least of the things that um, Mateo has been, has been up to and some of the problems that they've had with him around the club. And I just don't think the performances on the pitch make him worth it um, at the moment. If you can get a big deal, if you can get a big buy from uh, one of the French clubs, or, or yeah. the French club. And he's, um, he's sort of like a, a good player who doesn't really excel at anything at the moment. And hopefully that will, over time he will he will start to do that but at the moment we've got he's basically like he's an Emre Chan type player isn't he Who, but with with a lot more potential value um, so yeah I could see that I think it'd be a, a bit of a shame because he was just so exciting when he put when he sort of first came through we've got quite um, a, we've got quite a centre-back clog in the system what do you think mm. of, like it's a Socrates oh yeah he's I mean he's He's not good enough on like you know you got to actually quite again quite like the bloke and he's he's really sort of turned round um, his performances under Arteta and you can tell he's you know he'll he'll do what he's told and he'll he'll play where he's needed which is great but I just don't think he he's not good enough on the ball um, I don't think to to really become a fixture in a Arteta team um, he wants ball playing centre backs um, I think I also think. Kolasinac as well, I think is it's probably um, it's probably toast, right? Yeah, I mean you've got Tierney there. We know obviously about Saka, and I just again a guy he's just not really good enough on the ball and sort of good at one thing, but not not good at lots of other things. Um, okay. What about Paolo yeah. Mustafi? Paolo, ah, oh, my man. I mean, gosh, it feels like a. What a, there's but, a re, there's a reflux action there, isn't there? Yeah, sell. Yeah, I mean, if you can get money for him, I, I mean, obviously there's a risk you're selling a lot of senior uh, defenders. So if we could get a replacement, but arguably he's not, he's justified. He's managed to play himself into the first team, uh, which is is pretty impressive. Um, and I, I just perhaps the sample size of his his recovery isn't big enough to see if. It justifies him staying. Um, I, yeah, I would. I wouldn't mind if if we sold Mustafi. I don't know why that's a difficult sentence for me to say, but that's uh, that's. I, I never thought that I'd get to a point in a season where I I missed Mustafi in the, in the <laughs> starting eleven. I missed that missed that little blonde diva on the pitch. 
Okay, but here's a tough one. Cow Chambers. Oh, well, I mean, no one's going to buy him now, are they? I don't know. Is he is is he going to be back this season, or is it a next year thing? Well, I mean, if this season extends beyond um, May, then he may, he might be. But I, I I can't see why who is going to pay for a guy who's just been out for a year with an ACL. So I think, unfortunately, he's with us for a bit. I I don't I don't think he has any career at Arsenal beyond playing at centre back. I don't think he's mobile enough. And he was, you know, he was he tried, and you you sort of got to give him a lot of credit for. The sort of spirit of his performances as as a right back, but I think he either makes it at centre back or he doesn't. What what about um, what about holding? What's happened to him? He was an absolute mm. man beast at the yeah. twenty seventeen FA Cup final, but he's really struggled, hasn't he? I mean, I thought mm. that he was a quite a good ball playing centre back, aggressive. Uh, he was the bad cop out of him and Permata Saka. In that in that wonderful day, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's working out for him. It feels like he needs a loan, but he's but he's a bit he's a bit old for another loan, isn't he? I think he's um I don't, I don't know. I think this is part of the challenge of uh, coming back from an ACL. You 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 have the time you're out, but actually, really, it still takes you another six months to a year to get anywhere near your sort of previous form. So I, I just don't know if we'll see the best of him until later this year he's 24 um, years old he'll be 25 yeah. in september okay so so far we've basically sold the entire back line. Well, yeah they're all gone they're <laughs> all gone and then the the fight you know the final one the the, the I, I wrote about players i thought that we might sell i'm gonna say it hector bellerin really i just don't know whether he's gonna come back fighting fit I think that I think that there's a lot of rumours that he was going to go to Italy at one point, and I think that I think that that little that little burst of pace that he had, not little burst, massive burst of pace that mm. he had when he first joined, it doesn't seem to be there, and he's lacking confidence. I just wonder whether we're gonna. If you know, I don't think Suarez was brought in as backup. I think Suarez was brought into play. Yeah, I d- I don't know. I still he was carrying an injury for a while, so I do. Part still, of me... still says he's groin injury. Still said that he's got a groin injury, so. Yeah, so I'm holding out hope that he'll he he will come out. I'd like to give him a bit more time. I think he's he's deserved, earned it, and I think he's you know he's a sort of Arsenal through and through bloke. So we should we should give him a bit more time if we can. What about um, rather than picking through the entire team? Yeah, Xhaka and Lacazette. What are we thinking there? I think that you've got to find a mobile defensive midfielder that can do it all haven't you really yeah you, you've got you've got to find uh you've got to find someone first and foremost has power and pace and then you look for somebody that can do the um the the, the passing that he does which is going to be a difficult find but i feel like there's there's a a new generation of young midfielders that are coming through that can do it all um because you know you're you're seeing different types of player pick up that position um like mm. we we need someone with a patrick vieira like physique um but that 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 can distribute from deep because um the problem with jacker is if you have to build a system around him to protect him and you cause weaknesses elsewhere in 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 the in the structure it's not a good structure mm. yeah what like a a sort of is who's the guy at um watford um, Decore. Decore, yeah. Yeah, he looks exciting. Yeah, incredible that he hasn't been picked up by anybody else. I mean, he's, I think he's 27, 28 years old now. Mm. 
seems 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 at the the right stage. But I, again, I think that we should be we, we should be aiming younger. Like that sort of player, you need someone that's 22, 23, because if they have two or three good seasons, and then they're Decore's age, then you can sell them for you know 60, 70 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then mm. the last one, because we have literally done every single player in the team. <laughs> what about Lacazette? Oh, I mean, what does he offer that Enketia doesn't? And he, I just keep thinking about is he's on a 180 grand a week and he, he doesn't score away from home. It's crazy, um, right? It's just, yeah. Too I small. Just, uh, too, too slow, I think. I like, I, he's a technically a, a really good player, but just, yeah. I just, uh, I, I, I think it makes sense to move him on. I, what I find a bit galling, and maybe it's not him, maybe it's agent talk, <laughs> is um, him sort of demanding Champions League football. And it's like, well, I don't think you've really earned it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I agree. It's kind of a weird, yeah, a bit of a weird, um, a weird situation. But if we could get something for him and, you know, another... About, we would need to replace like for like, so we'd need a sort of number nine who's a bit more mobile. Um, then I, I think we could we should do it. But I, you, I mean, could we really afford to sell Lacazette and Aubameyang in the I, same window? I, well, it, it depends if there's somebody lined up that's that can replace them. And look, we might we might have it in the side. The Gabriel Martinelli. <laughs> Uh, he'll be mm. he'll be 19 next season. He looks electric when he's on form. Eddie Enketia yeah. has always been a goal scorer. Um, we've got kids coming through like Balagan looks something special. Yeah, um, and you know maybe maybe that context game with Kia, maybe he can find a, a a striker for us somewhere in Europe that can uh, that can blow up next season. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that we've gone through enough players. We're hitting that 45 minute mark. Um, so I don't think there's anything else that, um, that we've got to go that, that we can talk through right now because it's been pretty quiet. So, I have, I actually have, were you going to do half time? Were you going to wrap it up? Cause I do have one thing I was going to ask you. Yeah, let's do it. So have you watched any old games, uh, during this sort of period of no live football? I, I rewatched some of the uh, some of the FA Cup final clips of oh, the, the last one? few years. The Chelsea one. Oh, nice, nice. I, I loved Per Mertesacker's performance in that game. Per and Per and Holding. I wrote about it this morning. What a phenomenal really? performance! I've yeah, never yeah, gone yeah. into a cup final so absolutely certain that we'll lose like that one. Yeah, and he'd been out for a year. He'd been out the entire season, right? Injured, and then he came back and put in an absolute. World class performance. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, and that that cup that cup final was an opportunity for Arsenal to kick on and yeah. uh, you, you know tie some of our better players down to long term deals. You know, we should have offered Ramsey, Özil, or maybe not Özil. We should have offered like Ramsey and Sanchez like long term deals. We should have made some like really good signings that summer. Um, but we didn't kick on, and um, and we are where we are now. It's amazing how you know, um, like one one or two signings um, that don't happen, and then you end up where you are now. You make a few bad decisions, um, and look look where we are. Like Ramsey should have fetched seventy million. Sanchez should have fetched a hundred million in the form that he was in. Yeah, um, we ballsed it up. Partly, I think, because Arsenal didn't want to like Arsene Wenger didn't want to be. Um, anything other than the maximum paid person at the club. So we wouldn't go above whatever it was, 
150 grand a week and that cost us yeah yeah what games have you watched i mean what watching old um old yeah old videos of sanchez and you realize how god he was he was so good wasn't he i so i'm trying to find it but i watched um i can't remember how i just stumbled across it and started watching it um arsenal versus united 1998 um where we won 3-0 um and I mean, it was just so exciting, but I'm, I'm trying to find a lineup, but it was Freddie Lundberg's debut and he came on and scored uh, in the first sort of two minutes. Um, that little lob. Yeah, yeah. I think it was that one. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember. So I, I watched that one and then I'm trying to remember which one it was, but then I also watched randomly uh, Liverpool Arsenal from 2000. Oh yeah, no. So the thing about the 98 one is that he had a midfield of... Um, Paula Vieira, Mark Overmars, and Stephen Hughes. <laughs> and Stephen, Stephen Hughes was Hughes. really exciting. He played some really good sort of lob through balls. And he was sort of playing this sort of Fabregas role, um, weirdly, which I don't remember him being that that good. Um, but he was a sort of standout player from that game. Um, but what what's interesting is just, I mean, the, the two things you know are just the the, the lack of pressing from you know in both teams, just the pace at which the game was played at, but also the the physicality and the strength of, of the Arsenal team was just something else and something we haven't seen for a while. Um, and I think I also watched Liverpool Arsenal Liverpool two thousand one where we we won two one and I think Lundberg, Lundberg scored again. Um, so some really good vintage games. It's actually quite a good time to revisit some of those and. Yeah, just remember how he used to be really good. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I did a piece that piece for Mundial uh, about the Arsenal United rivalry. Um, mm. on, uh, I, it was a podcast that I did for them. It, it was a really good podcast um, that you should check out. It's Giant. Um, they, it's a it's a great series um, from a, from a great group of people. Uh, but the the I did a lot of research from like 1996 to I don't know like 2004 when um, Wayne Rooney like and his band of merry men ruined our uh, unbeaten run and the the level of aggression uh, in those games was something else I mean there was also also some brilliant goals but like thunderous performances that you just don't really see nowadays like the the physicality's gone out of the game like tackling isn't as uh, mm. as present as it used to be but um the, the, the but the the technical uh, quality of the football was still there like you can still admire it today like some of the one touch passing and some of the um like the, the some of the goals I mean like that Thierry yeah. Henry goal where he set up himself my god and the move, the, the movement is incredible as well. The way just players sort of instinctively knew where to be on the pitch. It's sort of what Arteta talks about the automatisms, and and I, I it's interesting because it, you know we we obviously criticise Wenger a lot, especially the last couple of years. But he, I don't know if it, that was something he actually coached or the players worked out themselves. Um, they were just that good that they could do it. But the, that was the most interesting thing was that players just arriving at the right time and, and knowing when they knocked it forward, there, there would be a runner looking forward. Um, it was just an incredible, incredible team. Yeah, if you if you want to look up something because you're bored, um, which most of you will be this evening, if you want to look up um, uh, cognitive football, and mm. it's like this whole science that's trying to, um, that teaches players 
patterns like when you see x you do y so that like your position on the pitch relative to the ball becomes like automatic so they're yeah, yeah they're trying to they're trying to help players perceive patterns um quicker so that they can do things um you know do, do things faster and more effectively like it's absolutely fascinating the the levels that they're trying to go to 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 make uh, a largely chaotic game um more controlled but it's um it's really interesting because Mikel Arteta will certainly be trying to introduce a bit of that to Arsenal um over the next couple of years which I'm excited about yeah um, great okay all right well uh, i think we've we've hit the the 55 minute mark alex thank you for taking time out of your evening to join us no worries man it's a pleasure as always brilliant and uh on on that note uh, like i guess we'll be back next week hopefully with uh more positive news on uh on where the football season is going hopefully everybody at home is healthy i uh, just want to say um uh the our love goes out to um ernest and batistuta who have had covid19 problems in their in their home life i hope everything's okay and big love to anybody else that's struggling through this um uh yeah <laughs> don't have anything else to say other than that we'll speak to you soon come on out Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.